Okay, I think we are ready to get started here today, so we'll get you to get back to your seats for those of you uh, still standing and moving in the room. I'd like to say welcome to everybody who is online with us today. It is good to have everybody here. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and are you excited to be here today? All right, it's good to have you. It has been a good week, and here we go jumping in. Now, I, I got to tell you, probably one of my favorite ways to travel um, these days is, is by airplane. Does anybody else like to fly uh, at all, or you've ever been on an airplane? Maybe not so much at Christmas time this past season, but, you know, for the most part, I like getting on a plane. It's efficient. It kind of gets me from A to B quickly. I, I love the efficiency of my time, and you get there. So you know the drill when it comes to an airplane. You got to get there a little bit early. You check yourself in, luggage if you got it. Actually, I would never do that. Anyway, uh, it may be lost. Uh, but you got all these things in. All of a sudden, over the uh, intercom, you hear that your plane is now here. You're about to leave. You check yourself in with the flight attendants who are there. And you make that walk down, down the, uh, whatever you call that thing. What is it called? Uh, yeah, gangway? Like, or any, sorry, walk the plank. Anyway, that's kind of what it feels like. And so you get there, and as you're about to enter into that tube, uh, there is a door, and, and on the other side of that door, you, you see a flight attendant, big smile on their face as they're welcoming you in, into the death trap, right? Like, it's, it's unbelievable what you do. Because a lot of people, you think that once you walk into that plane, it's as if this plane is covered with with tinfoil from, from cover to back. Like there's something that happens with the communications of the world. You're not so much afraid that the plane's going down. You're just afraid that you're going to be disconnected from the rest of the world. So you go find your seat and shortly into it, there, there's the encouragement. It is time to now turn off your devices or at least flip them to airplane mode for the duration of this flight. And so many of us law-abiding citizens, we pull out our phones and we press the like go airplane mode, right? As all good citizens do, and, uh, and you suddenly realize, like, I, am, I, am, I have no clue what's happening in the world for the duration of this flight, like game over, and so you do, you do have a few minutes before that happens, before takeoff, so you're quickly pressing send, you're putting the social media post, sending that email, the only problem is you have no clue what people are going to say while you jump on that plane. But you do it anyway. And then there are some of us who are a little bit of more of the rebellious tone. And when it comes to that airplane mode suggestion, you're like, no, not going to happen, right? And so a friend has told me that this is true. Uh, wink, wink, right? So I wanted to test this thing out. I wanted to see how long. And sure enough, I've used the airplane mode. And as soon as I do that, my phone is on a continual search, 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 search. Even over here, I'm going to get about a minute up into the air where everything is happy and it's working. Then all of a sudden, it turns into a searching unit as well. And I think this is not good. Like, I have lost communication with the world. What happens? Does anybody know where I am? And like, what's going to happen over these next few minutes? You get comfortable in your chair. And thank God for technology, even on these airplanes now, because they've got these little TVs in front of you. So you're steeped deep into one of these shows that you're watching. And then you get to a particular place in the movie, just where the climax of it is about to take place. And all of this sudden, your movie freezes and there's this little wheel that begins to circulate on the TV screen. And underneath it's saying, searching, searching, searching. And you're thinking that it's the end of the world as we know it. Like we're going down, something's gonna happen. And I've tested this theory as well, that when I'm about to land, so the, we're just about to land, so get ready and blah, blah, blah. And so guess what I've done before? And yes, I'm admitting this. I've 
ask forgiveness. Don't worry about that part, but I've turned airplane mode off. I wanted to see how far out could I actually maybe get a connection because I don't know what has gone on in this duration of this flight. And so I kind of want to know. And I hate when they tell you we're just about to land. It still takes another 30 minutes. And so like you're there, but then as soon as those wheels get down, most people will pull out their devices and they will flip the airplane mode off and you will see this one feature on your phone that begins to happen. Searching, 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 and then connected. And you think Jesus has returned. Life is good as you know it. And what is interesting is this, that without connection, this device has a limit to it. This is you, and this is me. Without connection, you've got a limit to yourself. So today, I want to investigate this idea of connection over our lives, who we are as people, and what God requires of us within it. To do that, we're going to go back to our character and in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3, it reads this, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only the strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said, and make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning. They are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, are suited to serve in the royal palace. Now train these young men in the language and the literature of Babylon. Indoctrinate them. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were afraid to be trained, or they were there actually to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. So Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. But the chief of staff decided to rename them with these Babylonian names. Daniel, he was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. As we've learned to know, Rack, Shack, and Benny. And good old Danny boy. As we've read the word of the Lord together today, let's pray. Father, give us insight and clarity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The subject title that I'd like to speak to us from today is Searching, 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 Connecting. Now, through the month of January, we have been in our series, uh, Dear Discipline, and we decided to write to discipline about some of the things that um, we know that Jesus requires of you and I as followers of him. And to do that, we're going to finish on this day as we bring to a culmination 21 days of prayer and fasting. You made it. Give yourselves a hand because I am proud of our church for stepping into these moments. I am so excited that you have taken this journey with us. And through these days, we've, we've studied these disciplines that Jesus wants of his disciples. So if you think and you say that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, these disciplines need to be a part of your journey. Why? Because that's how Jesus makes you more like him. So we talked about fasting. We did some stuff on Bible reading. Last week, we did a talk on prayer. And today, we're moving to this last subject of connection or community. And I know some of you may be thinking, that's, that's not a discipline, Sean. I would propose to you, though, that it is one of the, arguably, the greatest discipline that believers of Jesus Christ need to have. And that is relationship with other people. 
So Daniel and his posse, they show us actually this connection. They show us this community engagement. And the reality when we come to a conversation like this is that extroverts love it. It's like, yeah, let's go. Let's get together with people. I can't wait. Let's get going. Introverts, you're kind of shaking in your boots today. You're like, I don't want to talk about this because I kind of like me and not them. And uh, I'm happy within my own circle. Now, the funny thing is, is that God knows how he made you. He, he knew that he would make both extrovert, introverts, and, but regardless of those positions of where we're at in our personalities, one thing is for sure, God still designed you and created you to be in relationship with other people. You can't escape it. You cannot get away from it. But have you noticed this one thing about people? People are crazy. Have you, have you noticed this? Loco, uh, like, like people are crazy. And so how do I handle this connection piece that we're going to talk about today? Because, you know, if I were to pull out my journal again today, I, I would read some thoughts back to Dear Discipline and say, listen, when it comes to this connection thing, this is what I think. And I know some of you feel the same way because you've said it before and I've heard it from some lips uh, here, but it's like, man, life would be, this would be so much easier. Whatever this is, you fill in the blanks there, but this would be so much easier. I mean, if there was another human beings around. Have you heard this before? Have you said that about you? Everybody's like, I'm not a bit not in church, and good for you. Uh, but like this idea of like, man, this would be easy uh, if I didn't have to deal with that, that, that. Or some people have kind of listened as I've written in my journals, like I actually like my isolation. I'm okay here. I mean, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's where I should be. And we kind of move on to say like, listen, this is just who, who I am. Why would I go do this stuff called connection with people when people have hurt me before? You think I want to sign up for that again? There's, there's no way, and so I stay in my lane. But moments ago in our world, um, we experienced something together uh, called a pandemic. Maybe you heard of that thing called COVID. Uh, we all went through it, but what happened in COVID actually produced something worse, in my opinion. I see a pandemic here in COVID, but over here I see an epidemic. And the epidemic that I see is this thing called loneliness that people are lonely everywhere. And loneliness, it will cut across all generations, it will move across the world, and guess what about this thing called loneliness? It don't care what you think about it. It's not a respecter of people. And so loneliness is, has definitely said, and I love what Katie Hafner says this about loneliness, that it's a quiet devastation. Emily Dickinson also says that it's the horror not to be surveyed. I mean, loneliness is a real big deal, isn't it? And people are experiencing this in our world today in unprecedented measure. And although Emily Dickens says not to be surveyed, people are surveying it. And so I went to find some statistics. I wanted to see the reports of what is happening. And so I pulled a couple of platforms into this conversation today. But I want to specifically lean on for these next few moments a, a, a website called Statista. And the Statista will report to us out of 2021. Listen to this that 31% of Canadians always or sometimes and often are living in loneliness. Think about that. That's a staggering statistic for us today. You know what it says is that one in three of you in this room today are suffering with loneliness. Go ahead, count your row. Or the person beside you. One in three. How many of you would say that that's not a good thing? They've picked Pastor James, by the way, as the lonely one. <laughs> I saw that arm. They're, they're, they're hugging him. This is good. Listen to some more of the statistics. 15 plus years of age, 
these are the people who feel the most loneliness in our Canadian populations, young women or people who are not in a couple relationship. If you are between the ages of 15 to 24, you have high levels of loneliness in our country. One in four of you are expressing this right now. 49% are always or often reporting loneliness. And with that, mental health in their life is now fair or very poor. We have a life satisfaction grid that people are looking at these days. People who are always or often lonely are scoring 5.5 on that scale between 0 to 10. I don't know about you, but when I was in school, like 55% was just borderline to this letter called F, and it was not a good thing. This is our nation. These are the things that we are beginning to see. Know this about loneliness. Lonely people are more likely to become ill. They are to experience cognitive decline, and they're going to die early. Wow. We got a moment in front of us. Someone recently sent me a, a communication um, is off one of the platforms in the West Shore. There's this lady who was speaking, and this is what she said. Has anyone felt like they don't belong anywhere? Invisible, not worthy. I'm really struggling with this. My whole life, I felt like I don't have a community I belong to. Yeah, I don't really have anyone to talk about this, so I'm ranting anonymously. I'm probably depressed. I have suffered from anxiety and depression, which I took meds for in the past, but they made me gain weight, which made my self-confidence and depression worse, if that makes sense. I don't know what I'm asking here. I guess I just want to feel like I belong. And she puts in brackets, which is a basic human need, don't you think? Wow. I mean, this is happening in our cities around us. The part that I loved about this story was the response that some people gave to it. A person just kind of came on online and, and said, hey, have you tried going to a church, though? And it caught my attention because is the church the safest place for somebody? Do you and I see people actually for who they are? And so I worried when someone puts a comment like that because will the church really be who they are supposed to be? And then someone chimed in right under this, that's a great idea. In fact, I would recommend for you to go to Colwood Church. And I'm like, okay, all right, free advertisement, right? Like, <laughs> but someone from your seats today stepped in, and then the same lady who started the whole thread came back in, and she goes, that actually is the church I go to as well. Now, I don't know if this lady will ever step foot into this church, but what caught my attention was that there is desperation everywhere with this thing called loneliness that is happening around us. To make this statement, we are one of the most connected generations to ever live. We actually love our drugs. We love taking drugs. Let me explain that to you. We love when we see how many friends we've got on Facebook or Insta, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. We crave when people press that like button. It's like dopamine in the system. It's an addiction to a drug. And science can prove these things to us. And I say that to say this, we're the most connected generation that we have ever been, but guess what? We're the most disconnected generation we've ever been as well. And the older I get, the realize more and more 
that my great is not commodity or resource, it's not my money, it's not my stuff, it's not my reputation, it's nothing like that. My greatest resource is, is people. That's it. You know, at the very beginning of time, God looked down on Adam. And this is all God said to Adam. He's like, nope. So he goes, I'm going to put you to sleep. I'm going to create something beautiful from you. Eve shows up because all the ladies know that men need help. And like, like that's how it went down. And so we get that, except that's not what God said. God decided to put him to sleep to create Eve because God knew that he was better in community than he was alone. That's it. And don't you find it fascinating that God would even say to Adam, it is not good for a man to be alone, to which all the men said, amen, of course. But, but Adam wasn't alone. He had God. And yet God himself said, I don't want you to be there. I want you to be in community with other people. Because there are two basic human needs that we have in our lives today. It is number one, to be authentic with ourselves, our whole self, take me as I am and who I am today, and, or, and it's the attachment piece. This is where we see with newborns who are born into this world, the reality is, is if you don't bring them human connection instantly, if they don't have that connection moving forward, they become very grave and ill. Perhaps they will die as infants because these two things that you saw on the screens were valuable for our lives what we ultimately want in ourselves is to be loved and to be known, right? That's what human beings want. I love this report that's coming out of the Netherlands these days. Um, Jumbo, which is a grocery uh, store name, and with their many different pockets, have decided to add one aisle on checkout for people, number one, who are elderly or for people who are lonely so that you can have a conversation with the cashier before you leave. Brilliance. Brilliant. Because they've identified that loneliness is a thing and that people need someone. And so today, follow this wisdom from Tim Keller. To be loved and not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is terrifying. But to be loved and known is like being loved by God. And that's what people want today. They want to be loved and known. So what appears to be a problem that I've identified over these last several minutes with the half glass empty, I am proposing to us today that it's not a problem. I am proposing to us today that this is an opportunity. I am proposing that it is as if God knew what was going to take place in 2023. I am proposing that it is as if God knew what his kingdom needed to look like and that he would use people like you and I in order to go let people know that they are both loved and known and to eradicate loneliness and disconnection from this world. Interesting, eh? And here's the solution to it. This is the best news of all. The solution to it is... You. Go ahead. Point to a neighbor. Say it to them. You. Really? Me? Yeah. You. You are the solution. You are the moment. So let's change the epidemic. I'm convinced that this is exactly what Daniel and his friends had. They had the discipline of connection. 
They had the discipline of community. And yet they're the only ones who probably should have been able to whine about their situation. They were ripped out of their beds in Israel. They were planted in Babylon. New country, new territory. They were living in isolation. Loneliness, disconnection should have been the story. But they said, not on my watch. Why? Because God does not desire that for me. And so they decided together that they would stand strong in Babylon and change the narrative. And I'm telling you right now, because they did that, they impacted kingdoms for decades because of them willing to stand together beautiful. In fact, their story shows me these things. They learned together. They lifted identity together because their names were changed, but then they reminded each other, that's not who you are. And guess what? We got a problem in our culture right now of people telling you your identity, which is false. And guess what? The devil is a liar. God's truth is the most powerful voice that we need to listen to in our nation right now when it comes to identity. Are you speaking identity to people? Are you speaking that they are loved by God? They had accountability together. Another thing that I love about these boys is that they were spiritual together. And I'm going to talk about that in just a few more moments. They walked in knowing these truths. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron. I love it. So a friend sharpens a friend. Who's sharpening you these days is my one question to you. Because if someone, and listen, if that person you got in your mind right now, if they are not sharpening you, guess what they're doing to you? They're making you dull. So the reverse effect is true. These guys knew that we need one another to sharpen ourselves. Proverbs 18, 24 says that an unreliable friend is going to bring ruin on your life. Don't you want that in your life? It's so exciting. No, we don't want that. But there are friends who stick closer than a brother. Dr. Darius Daniels established this... um, Uh, a framework around RQ. Now, we would know IQ together today. It's our intellect. Maybe you've heard of EQ, which is emotional intelligence. Well, Dr. Darius talked about RQ, and what he is talking about here is your relational intelligence. And he says this, there is no such thing as a casual relationship. All relationships are consequential. You have to be intentional with your relationships. Look at that for a second. I don't care who is in your circle of relationship or connection today. What he is telling us, and he is bang on right with this, all of your relationships are consequential. Everything, every single person, what you are allowing in is going to influence you in such a way. It's as if this wisdom follows 1 Corinthians 15, 33, where he also says that bad company corrupts good character. And so we have to be very aware with the connections and the relationships that are happening in and around us. Makes sense, right? So Dr. Darius, he also asks, he he gives us four categories of um, groups that you should be placing all of your relationships into. Just four. Now again, you could change them, you could think differently. It's not a big deal. It's his stuff and I'm just using it for today. But four categories. The first category says you'll, you'll have a group called friends. And the idea behind friends is that there's reciprocity to it, meaning that whatever you're given, you're also going to get back. And you know people right now that do that in your life. You also know people who don't give that to you in your life. But the idea is reciprocity. And what he talks about are five qualities that you want to find in this friend group. He talks about character, unconditional love, honesty, being reliable, and encouragement. These were Daniel and his friends. 
they had those things together. So there's the friends group. Then he says that there is another group, and he goes, listen, what you need to understand is that your management of relationships is crucial to your life. If you don't have an understanding where these people belong in your life, expectations are going to be wayward, and you're going to fall off with certain people. But when you have this clarity, it's what you do. So if they're not in this friend group, that reciprocal group, then you come over here, and they're your associate. So you've got good relationships with people, but what you're finding is that it's just surface level. So you're not digging like you would over here. Then he adds the third group, and, he's called, and he calls those people assignments. I know it sounds totally horrible, but he's like, you have people in your life, they're assignments to you. You're getting really nothing from them, but you're there to help them because they've come to you, and they need your help, and that's okay. And then the last group he puts in play is the advisors, and it's kind of the opposite of assignment. The advisor is now, you're not really given anything, but you're getting from somebody like a mentor or a counselor or a coach. Put all of these people into those categories. And what I've noticed that as I studied his stuff is that there really are then two categories total for our lives. The one category is your friends. That's an important category. And then the other category is everybody else. You got to figure out what that is going to do for you. And I'm here to tell you today that all of your relationships are important. So I hope that we would all have relationships that are Christ-centered, right? We, we definitely need that, but I have got a lot of good people in my life who don't know Jesus yet, who I would consider in my friend group even, outside of the spiritual connection that I could have, and I should and I hope to have with them. Your relationships are that important. So where would you place your relationships? Friends, associates, assignments, or advisor? Where would they be? And then I love Andy Stanley's wisdom as you begin to assess these moments, but he asks this question, are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Because you all have an ideal of what you want, but let me ask, are you being? And this is that reciprocity piece that I'm going to give and I hope to get. So who will you be? Do you also know today that science confirms that getting to the next level of your life. How many of here would like to get to the next level of your life? Seriously. Three people. Awesome. Like, like this, is, this is fantastic. Uh, God's going to move. Right? Like it's, it's good. But science will confirm to us that getting to the next level of your life is 100% dependent on your relationships. And let me prove some of it. Dr. Daniel Seigel also out of UCLA, is a neurobiologist. He says this, your performance is either improved or diminished by the other people in your scenario. Look at those keywords, improved or diminished. So you want to get to the next level, you have to understand who is around you right now. He went on to create what is known as the triangle of well-being. The triangle of well-being talks about three critical options for you and I when it comes to the science of our relationships and connections. Of course, you see relationships on the bottom corner, then you've got the brain, but let me focus in on the mind just for a moment here today. The mind is the system that entails the flow of energy and the information. That happens within your brain, but that will also happen with other people. But our brain always works in the context of relationships. 
So the brain is trying to develop a regulating mind so that you and I are abundantly aware of what's going on. So what this is saying is that your relationships matter, but it must be the kind of relationship that builds good equipment, your mind. So let me ask you again, who are you surrounding yourself with when it comes to your connectivity? Because what the science is showing us is that if you want to get to another level, You either have to dig in deeper with the good that you've got or you're going to have to get rid of some of the things that are not helping you and they are diminishing your life. But you want to get to the next level. Some tough decisions need to be made. Now, the last doctor that I do want to use for us today, and I'm going to bring all this together now, is Dr. Henry Cloud. Dr. Henry Cloud wrote a beautiful book called The Power of the Other. And The Power of the Other what he is doing is he is now taking the work of Dr. Darius Daniels and the categories of relationship. And what Dr. Cloud is doing over here is he is saying that you and I, we operate with four different types of connections in our life. Four. I want to share those with you. The first relationship of connection is you're disconnected. You just, you got nothing. You like your isolation, you don't want to be with people, but you're disconnected. He moves to the second one, which is called bad connection. And you may think that this is a a better thing than disconnection, which it really is, but the reality with bad connection is what he is saying is because you are so disconnected, you would rather wrap yourself around a bad relationship. You would rather have bad connectivity with somebody so that it can fill the gap of not being connected whatsoever. Now, the problem with the bad connection is that it makes you and I feel inferior. It makes us feel like dirt. There's no good in it, but we still nonetheless put these relationships in our life because we want connection. We want, again, the authenticity and the attachment. And so we'll choose that. Now it moves to the third one, and he talks about that there's a good connection or what is called a pseudo-connection. And many of us, when we see the word good, are thinking, yes, this is where it gets to get better. But no, it does not. Because what he is advocating for here is that these are the people who are involved in the affair. They're addicted to something. They love their results more than anything else. They love their food. They love their sex. All of these things are an attempt to soothe the soul. So it's pseudo. And I know that this identifies with a lot of people with us today. And then he moves us to the last connection, the most important, and it is called the real connection. What he is saying is that you could be your whole self, your real authentic you, where you're both understood and known. So, with all of the categories of relationship we've discovered today, how is the connection point for you? Now, I understand that we have talked about a lot of information here this morning, but for the, for the conclusion here, let me bring it back to Daniel and his, and his buddies. Because they show us some of the most important things for our lives to move forward with information that we have now been left with. And I want to land, just lastly, on your relationships, but I want to focus on the spiritual impact of your relationships. And I do that because after all, we are a church. We love Jesus. And so this one feature is critical for our lives moving forward. So three things I'll leave you with today. Uh, Number one, uh, God created you for relationships, to be connected. In fact, Romans chapter 
12, verse 4 and 5 will show us that we are better together than we are alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 will tell us that two are better than one. The statistics earlier showed me that one in three people, Canadians, are lonely right now. To say this, you may be lonely today. But I want you to know that God loves you and he has a much better plan for you than that. And we have to see that out of Daniel and his friends. Where it feels bleak, where it feels like it don't make sense. I'm here to tell you today, God has not given up on you. Please do not give up on him. There is somebody for you. Why do I know that? God put Adam to sleep. God has made somebody for everybody because he himself values that you would be authentic and you would have attachment in your life, that you would be loved and known as well. So don't give up. God is not done with you yet. One of the things that we value here in this church are these things called connect groups. Pre-COVID, they were awesome. COVID came and it kicked us in the gut and people disappeared from it. But what I am here to encourage you with today is that we have relaunched in connect groups because some of us need this right now. You're lonely and you need people. You need that spiritual development. You have to surround yourself with people who have like-mindedness in the things that are going on. And if you are curious, interested in getting involved in a connect group, you're talking to Pastor James because he is the one who is there taking care of us. So at the end of today, if you need some information, come and talk to him. The reason I say that is because we've launched several groups here in January. Uh, As you've heard this morning, the identity course is another one of those options that is coming up very quick. And, And listen, I want you to know that you are going to get out of this what you are also willing to put into it. Yeah? I have too many people saying, well, it's not good for me and this and that. It's like, but what are you also giving? Remember, in the friends category, it's reciprocal. There's give and take. Now, please hear me. Am I asking you to get into a group? Yes. Am I asking you to get into a group to be BFFs with everybody? No. Because you can establish your categories. I have no problem with that. But what I'm saying is you need connection with people of like-mindedness who are pursuing Jesus together with you. Number two, the devil is a liar. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says that when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and he's the father of lies. See, we got an enemy and he's been pitching a lot of nonsense in our country and in our city and in the, in the chairs of this church. And what I want to do today is I want to expose the darkness with the light of Christ. I want to say today that the devil is a liar. So those narratives that we have been telling ourselves, my life is going to be better without people, lie. Well, I'm going to maybe get hurt again by somebody, Sean. Okay, I can concede that a little bit, but maybe you won't. I really like my isolation. It's where I'm supposed to be. No, it's not. Because you want to know why? Isolation. And this is interesting. I'm going to say it. Isolation is a lie. And it leads us to sin. God has created you for connection, relationship with people. And he's inviting you into that today. Now, the third one, could be perhaps the most important for us today is that other people need you. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, and you see it on the screens, don't glaze over this though. It tells us not to neglect the meeting together with people. The four last words though bother me a lot, as some people do. 
You know what? You know what the thing that I'm I'm wrestling with here is that I have had people who have come and said, "Yeah, I don't need church, Sean. You know, I'm good. I'm good right now. I uh, I think I'm mature enough with with Jesus, and and I'm going to be okay." And I sit there and I smile, and underneath I'm crying because some of you, if if you would be okay with this, you'd come up to me and be like, Sean Chapman, you're such a great guy. Man, I love the things about you, the things that you're doing, personality, and blah, blah, blah. I really like that thing. But your wife, on the other hand, I don't. Okay. Um, but here's the deal. You got a problem with my wife. You got a problem with me. Did you know that the church is the bride of Christ and how dare we look at the bridegroom and say she's not good enough for me dear God help us that's why the devil is a liar now I get it I don't need certain people maybe or I don't need another group because my agenda is so busy and I really like online and let me speak to online just for a quick moment too I love our online connection. I really do. And guess what? It's going absolutely nowhere. We've communicated that. But this is what online church is for. It's for people who are shut in. We've got some phenomenal people who just can't be here anymore. And we love them enough to say, you're a part of us. It's for people who are sick, who can't be here because they want to keep you safe. I mean, that's good news as well. Perhaps you're traveling or you need to get caught up All of those things are good for online church. And we're going to keep doing that trajectory because we love our online community. But COVID made us stay home. But what we've just read here today is that it says, do not neglect the meeting together. So very gently, carefully, I think you understand my heart as pastor. This is not a scold or a shame moment. But do not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I'm asking our online community today, please come back. And I know you're there, but come back to meet together because it's important for us. And here's why. Because someone needs you. You may think that this is all about you, Spoiler alert, it's not. It's about Jesus moving through you so that you can impact somebody else. That's what this has always been about. And God forgive us when we thought that this is me. Today, other people need you for who you are and what you bring to the table. You may not need them, that's okay, but they may need you. I've said enough. Will you stand with me today? Church, please hear me today. We got an epidemic happening. And people need kingdom of God individuals in their life. They need kingdom of God people who are living this story out. This loneliness, 
let's eradicate it through the power of God in our lives. Can we realize that one in three in these seats on a Sunday morning, they come in life shattered, not knowing what's going to go on, and just you saying hello, or just you saying, hey, you want to join me in this group, or go out for a drink with me after, whatever it could be. May we evaluate our connections today. And may we be a people who lead others into what Daniel and his friends had. This discipline of connection is legitimate. It is grounded in the word of God. And guess what? We need each other. As crazy as you are, as crazy as I am, we need each other. And that's how God made us to be. So Father, I ask today that you will humble our hearts to this reality today. I am asking that you will allow Colwood Church to be a place where broken and hurting and lonely people can be, but not just to be, but so that they are met, met by the grace of God. Today, Holy Spirit, help us to evaluate our relationships, see where we're at in connection, for we are so limited if we don't have that connectivity to you and to other people. So as we head into this week, help us to be aware, help us to do inventory. And I pray that you will put in front of our faces people who need Jesus. And may we be aware to step through that door knowing that you're good and you're going to help us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you're out of here, uh, number one, you could be here today or you're online. You've maybe never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, Jesus wants these types of relationships for you. He's got a wonderful plan. But if you're looking for that relationship today, I encourage you to text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. And a pastor will come and play with this, with you, to figure this out. What does it mean? Ladies in the room, if you're looking to get signed into the identity course, I've got Sandy, Joe, and Desir at the front here. Can I keep you here today? And they'll stay here. Come and talk to them if you want to get signed up. If you're brand new, go visit in our back, right in the Welcome Center. We've got Pastor Tyson, who's back there right now. He'd love to say hi to you. Encounter is tonight. It's going to be a great time to conclude our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And guess what? I'm so excited to go eat a hamburger right after it. And so, like, this is going to be good. But church, we love you. Be connected. Be who he's made us to be. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.